tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed, and a world-governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Good morning, Swarm! And welcome to Tin Foil Hat. You know I am. You know I'm here to do. I'm here to rock. There we go. Enjoy. Uh, my good friend and yours, uh, my partner in crime, my Robin. Okay, there we go. There we go. Your, your ward. Yeah, my ah. ward, Xavier Guerrero. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, you feel good about yeah. it, bro. You, you know, good. there's a Robin and a and a Batman little <laughs> little design, and then I'm at the bottom, and you're the top. <laughs> at least I'm the top, brother. So, uh, very excited to announce that uh, Xavier Guerrero's new show, We Don't Smoke the Same, is now going to be available on Rockfin. Yeah, so everybody who's Already subscribed to The Goat, Broken Sam, and all the other ones. Just subscribe to us, please, and thank you. Yeah, and also, dude, it's like you can also see it for free, right? There's yeah, it's always some on audio YouTube. and video yeah. out there. So Yeah, we go live on uh, on YouTube Thursdays from 7 to 9, and on Saturdays, we're the only Saturday podcast from uh, 1 to 3. So you can watch live, buy mystery boxes. They all come with special stuff, so stay tuned. All right, dude. And then on the ones and twos, uh, my butler, right? If I'm <laughs> Batman, our butler, of course, Jay of Nice, course. Johnny Woodard. How are you, Johnny? Got some deja vu here. I feel like we just did this. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, thank you for joining me again, as always. We love you very much. Johnny Broken Sim is on fire. Yes. Uh, uh, the GOAT, it, the, the greatest of all time. People are talking about it. They're loving it. All of that stuff. Everything is on fire on Rockfin. Uh, we got a uh, dude. People are loving the gay bathhouse review on Broken <laughs> Sim. Yeah, oh yeah. And well, then that- Earl went. He's like thinking about shooting a special there. So, it's, oh it's, really? Yeah, he took a picture outside it. I'm like, are you oh. serious? Because you said that during that podcast, you thought you might do that. When did, <laughs> when did he do that? That like the next day, that dude. It was just parallel thinking. Oh, is it? What are the odds of that? Though? It's so weird. That's right? crazy. I didn't see that. And I'm like, dude. I was thinking about. It. He's like, I went in there to look. I'm like, how was he? He's like, there's a lot of weird shit going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, did the, did it feel good to get your get blown, dude? Don't even go there, right? That's so but uh, check out Broken Simulation. Check out my new show, uh, Cash Daddies. It's a great show for investing. You know, obviously, you got to do your own research and invest uh, at your own peril. But man, great show, a lot of fun. Chris and F. How we do it? Uh, but they're basically guaranteeing that if you follow their advice, you'll make money. Uh, so. Never said that. Never said that. Please sue Johnny if you if you it Is goes bad. They're a fan that has made every single bet you guys have claimed. No, no, they're not bets. They're or investment investments. Tips. Well, yeah. So no, no. You look. Your face <laughs> is saying good. Good that they didn't. No, I mean, like, dude, it's like Brian Callen said the best. If someone can guarantee you profits, you should arrest them right there because they're doing something illegal. Okay. It's just the markets, dude. It's just the markets. Even like in, in, in digital currency, man. Oh, dude. I... Right? I mean, like, you watch digital currency. Like, I, I've noticed at the end of every month, 
digital currency takes a shit because everybody's selling their currency because they got to pay their bills. Yeah, that's the way it works. Dude, I'm diamond hands in this shit till I'm a millionaire. I ain't even fucking around. Dog. You haven't took none of it out? It's all staying in there? No, the only thing I've ever done is shift it to buy another coin. Okay. Guys, so check that out. Check out Unity the Unwanted. It's on fire. You can find it on YouTube while it lasts there. <laughs> and you can try find it on Odyssey. And uh, it's probably one of the best discussions on the internet. It's a lot of fun. They're, like It's like a panel show for your favorite topics. And I'm amazed at how well it goes with so many people on it. But that's what you do. It's a party, and everybody's coming, okay? So go have a good time. Enjoy that. Uh, if you want to see me live, again, uh, I'm in Austin as we speak. As you listen to this, it will probably be out on what, Friday? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it should be out on Friday. I'm in Austin tonight. I'm at the Romo Room with my good friend Augustino Zoida. I'm there tonight and tomorrow. That is uh, April what is this, April 9th and 10th? Yep, yeah. the 9th and the 10th. Yes, I'll grab Two tickets shows. at samtriplee.com. Then I'm going to be in Arizona after that, the House of Comedy, on April 22nd through the 24th. And then after that, I'm in Helium's the following week. At the end of uh, April to May 1st, I'm at Helium's in Indiana, Indianapolis. Oh, I also am um, doing, I, on the 16th, I'm in San Diego. I'm going to put that on uh, line I'm at the fuck house, I think it's called. I don't even know what it's called. There's only 50 tickets. I'll be there. It should be a good time. I'm very excited to get back down to San Diego. And uh, anything else? Oh, T-shirts. Grab your T-shirts while they're still there. Uh, new T-shirt design up. Oh, by the way, I think we're sold out of um, of uh, Fisting the Machine. The 100 is gone. I'm so tempted to print more. But you know what? I'm not going to do it because I respect the deal. Okay. Yep. Going down to, uh, so go to tinfoilhattshirts.com or samtriplee.com. Grab your new uh, Evil Kingdom t-shirts. Go check that out. Uh, they are moving quickly. Grab them while you still can. Because supposedly somebody out there doesn't like it. Uh, <laughs> word on the street is that it's outlaw shit. So go grab that right now. And uh, anything else, guys? Nope. All right, guys, uh, this is, uh, I hope you guys enjoy the show. As always, we have the occult killer, Jay Dyer, on, so enjoy the show. Okay, man, super excited about this episode. Uh, the great episodes just keep on coming, and this one's going to be no different. Um, he is an author. He is one of the best content cr- creators out there. And he's always on the Union of the Unwanted. He's done this show a bunch of times. You've seen him on InfoWars, and we're super excited to have him here. He is the occult killer thriller, Mr. Jay Dyer. How are you, brother? I'm great, dude. Thanks for having me. Love love being on the Temple hat. Thank you, dude. It means a lot to me that you always come on. Anytime I need you, you step up, and it means the world to me. And we're excited to announce that you're now on Rockfin, right? Yes, that has been a huge blessing, dude. Uh, shout out to you. Shout out to Burma. Shout out to all the uh, the good guys over at Rockfin. It's been great. One week, we're already doing excellent over there. That's why I try to tell everybody. It's like I, t- you know, it's so interesting because I don't want to make that all about this, but like. I tell I tell the people in like the conspiracy world, they're like, "Yeah, let me go try it, man." I tell all the comedians, they're like, "I don't know, dude." 
I don't know. Because you still haven't got kicked off of it YouTube. Just does, it does, yeah. It's just like, I'm like, it's a cash register. Go check it out. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's because they, they are more familiar with show business. And like anybody giving you something, it usually is trying to screw yeah, you. Yeah, it's like you a know? casting couch or something. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. They're like, okay, who, who do I got to blow for these tokens? Oh, like, yeah, no, you don't got to blow anybody. Yeah, all they asked was to touch my bottom. Yeah, I like this. just one small touch, and, and I let them touch my bottom, and now I'm good. I got, I got, I got banked this week. I <laughs> rolled out. Dude, dude, I feel like touching your bottom is kind of like when Neo touched the mirror and it's just like. It's also like when he has the spoon, like my bottom will, will like bend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they've always said about you, dude. It's like your bottom just fins like that. Uh, Jay, for those who don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? For those who live under a rock that don't know you, who, who, tell us a little bit about you and your, and your books and all that stuff. I'm the biological father of Samuel L. Tripoli. <laughs> oh, that was really dumb. Uh, I, I do philosophy. I do film analysis. I do uh, really cringe, alpha cringe lord level so-called comedy. Um, I do uh, books, as you said. Uh, we did a TV show called Hollywood Decoded based on the first couple books I wrote. And uh, as you said, yes, now I've been hosting the fourth hour of the Alex Jones show and then I also do a lot of interviews, do a lot of content, uh, de- deconstructing pop culture, symbolism, that kind of stuff. So that's what I do. Today's episode is brought to you by Blue Chew, the American boner pill for Americans by Americans. Get American, huh? You want rock hard boner? You want to shoot the American flag out of any of your rock hard shaft? Well, Blue Chew does it for you. That's right. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and CLs, but in a chewable form and a fra- for a fraction of the cost. Okay. Blue Chew tablets help men achieve harder, longer, rock hard boners to combat all forms of ED. Fuck you, you Taliban. No rock hard getting boners, okay? Not today. Not with Blue Chew. Okay, Blue Chew is an online prescription service. So no need for visits to the doctor's office. No awkward conversations. No waiting in, a, in line at the pharmacy, okay? It's shipped right to your door in a discreet package, okay? The process is simple. Sign up for BlueChew.com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, Boom, bow, bang, bang. You'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part, all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredients and strength for your prescription. I go crank it. Give me my turbo. Going to 10. Oh, what's the highest number? 10? Give me a 12. That's how I do it. Okay. Blue Chew's tablets are chewable. Okay. Bluetooth tablets are made in America, USA. USA and they prepared they are prepared and shipped directly to you. It's cheaper than a pharmacy, okay? So here's what's going to happen. All you got to do, dude, we got a very special offer for our listeners. Uh, you listen, listen, you don't even have to live in America, okay? You want an American boner and you live in Guam? Boom, there you go. You want an American boner and you live in Tel Aviv? Bang, here you go. This is real simple, okay? Yeah, very special, special, special offer for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use the promo code TINFOIL at checkout. You just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code TINFOIL to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring TINFOIL Hat. Get rock hard, Swarm. 
Well, it's great, man. You know, whenever I have you on or Isaac Wysip, you know, especially you two together, people go nuts. And uh, because I think more and more people are open-minded to this. And, you know, I'm sure there was a time where you maybe you did, maybe you didn't, but you felt like you were banging your head against the wall because nobody wanted to listen. But now it seems like pe- more and more people are like, dude, there are dark arts occults going on at the highest levels of some of the most powerful institutions, whether it's Hollywood or Washington, D.C. Absolutely. No, I was uh, for many years. I, I got into all this stuff about 20 years ago. I beat my head against the wall trying to talk to people, my family. So he's the family retard. He's the family. <laughs> now I'm the family retard. That's correct. They're like, oh, yeah, you were right about all that, but you're still a total retard. But we love you. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's been 20 years of this, and it's all, like, now out in the open. Uh, literally everything that – even the shit that I thought was completely crazy – like 20 years ago, 10 years ago, even that now is in the open and like, oh, yeah, no, that's just the norm. <laughs> it's not even that crazy. Uh, do you get inundated with people trying to break the code and send you stuff like, look at this guy. The Burger King dude is the Burger King guy's winking like counterclockwise. That means he's got to be drinking adrenochrome, right? Like, do you get that a lot? Are there a lot of people connecting dots that might not be there? Dude, you have no idea. I've had some of the craziest uh, emails. My favorite one is, I may have already told you this, I apologize if I'm rehashing, but there was a woman who swore up and down that every city that she moved to, after she read my David Lynch movie analysis, she swears up and down that David Lynch is causing the radio to play songs because she thinks she's living out like the the episodes of Twin Peaks. (laughs) And I'm like, no, I'm sorry. That's just straight up schizophrenia. Like David is not following you around playing the songs. Um, and I've had people, yeah, like saying that I'm an AI clone. Now, I think this, this week, there was somebody was saying that I've been replaced. Like my ears don't match up. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, and does that, does is that hard for you? Because I know somebody, after you guys did, uh, we did our free Britney episode. Someone's, and I told you I was in a Britney Spear episode uh, video. And they, they go to you, look, he, he like he's totally compromised. And you're like, he's an extra in a video. They're like, yeah, how did he get it? You know, and it's just all like. He, all he did was look up her skirt. Like, that's all he did. Yeah, was, I mean, it's like, it's so crazy out there. Because, like, even the most little things that mean nothing suddenly add up to this story that you're you're, you're trying to hide from everybody. I'm a, yeah. I'm a drug addict, sex addicted, crazy dick joke comic. Like I make no money off of anything other than what I, I eat when I kill yet. There's like, Oh dude. And it's so funny because when you live in Hollywood, like there's other guys who like in the, in our genre and people be like, Oh, or they'll even say about me too. Oh, they're failures. But then the next thing they'll say, the only way you make it in Hollywood is if you sell your soul. So like, am I a failure? Did I, I mean, like pick a, pick a lane and go with it, dude. <laughs> and how much did you sell your soul for, for that part? Yeah. 200 like, bucks, a hundred yeah. bucks. If that, like, it's like, the most, <laughs> what did I get, man? What did I get out of this whole thing? <laughs> Just to flex on it. That's oh, the dude. only thing is you tell me. They always me. do that with like, oh, dude, you're probably Joe Rogan, CIA tour. I love Joe Rogan. He's a good friend of mine. I haven't been on a show in eight years. I mean, that's got to be the weirdest secret cell. So secret we don't even talk to each other on in a podcast. It's so secret you don't even know you're in it. Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> that's how secret it is, right? <laughs> so, I mean, like, and so 
I we've been to me we've been having a whole lot of like giant red pill moments on a on a global level. I think Epstein was the first one where like yeah. for like seventeen hours everyone's like, Okay, you're right on that one. You're right, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, right. And then it became No, he's dead. He de- he killed himself. Nobody killed him. God and then they just they ran with that that like he he had to kill himself. He didn't do anything else. Um, let's get into some Epstein stuff, man. It's like, cause I do think it's still a big deal. I mean, especially with this Matt Gates stuff going on right now, like there is just talk of Israeli blackmail and extortion going on right now. Your thoughts on it? Where do you want to start? Well, one way that, that we should go with that is to understand that these kind of operations are not like unique instances these kinds of things have been going on for a long time and you can go all the way back to the 60s 70s there were cold war operations in fact just like epstein that involved uh just lane's father robert maxwell the famous oh yeah uh, uh, media mogul uh, I, have a, I have a friend who does a translation of old kgb colonel's diaries uh, that have never been in English before. He translates them from Russian into English. And he did uh, one of the KGB Colonel's diaries about Robert Maxwell and his connections to the operations that were being run during the Cold War. And guess where Where do you think Ghislaine learned all of this? From her daddy. That's where. I mean, her dad is like the biggest uh, Cold War spy. Story is, of course, that perhaps even uh, he was killed by Israeli intelligence. So whether that's true, I don't know. But what we do know is that he was definitely running these kinds of uh, large-scale blackmail operations. And they're kind of the predecessors to Epstein, just like other um, U.S. operations, uh, like the North Fox Island elites that were doing the exact same type of model of of compromise uh, as the Epstein operation. Uh, and this involved people connected to uh, John Wayne Gacy as well as other serial killers. Okay, so I don't want I want to break down a couple things real quick before we get into that. Uh, you know, you know, this this blackmailing of sex has been going on forever, it, it, sure, it's, sure. and it's why I, as a conspiracy theorist, don't like to get in to the demonization of of gay people because to me that adds to the ability to blackmail if we're we're always like oh these people are gay you 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 send everybody back into the closet and then they end up just trying to be themselves and then they're then they end up getting positioned in blackmail i like as long as you're not hurting children or other people but in particular children you got i'm not this is sam thinking i let you do you i don't, I don't want to know what you're doing as long as we're consenting adults you can do whatever the fuck you want because when we start calling, oh, this guy's gay, that guy's gay, that guy's gay, I think we have pressure to the ability to blackmail. Well, and, and also, I mean, in your own case, the openness about the degeneracy, that makes you unblackmailable. Like you're, <laughs> you're like, I'm a super pervert, dude. And so now, no, like, you, you're immune. No one could blackmail some Tripoli because you're just like, yeah, I'm a fucking pervert, dude. Can I tell you something? Oh. That was my game plan. I swear to God. I'm like, 
I've always had this fear of like getting blackmailed, so I'm like, I'm gonna be like, I'm a fucking weirdo, <laughs> the greatest pervert of all time. Yeah, <laughs> I am, and I just like that fucking me. I don't care. I got molested when I was a kid, kicked the can down the road pretty far. <laughs> I'm a fucking weirdo. Like, you took it way further than Eminem. You know how Eminem in the last battle, he just calls himself out on all the bullshit. Yeah, and you just took it there. You're like, yeah, he it worked no, out I for him. I didn't need a battle. It's called episode <laughs> one through fucking. 400 <laughs> but it's like it's just like well, don't give them anything they can call you out yeah. on and like i you know i have people call me all this word and that word and like they don't resonate with me because i it didn't i didn't get that ever mind. i don't really care it just make it all makes me laugh but i just see just like how these people get pushed into being manipulated Hey, Swarm, today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens, the most comprehensive daily nutritional beverage I've ever tried, okay? With so many stressors in life, it can get difficult to maintain effective nutritional habits and give our bodies the nutrients it needs to thrive. Busy schedule, poor sleep, lack of exercise, stress, and simply not eating enough of the right foods. This is where Athletic Greens can help. They're all in one daily all in, daily all-in-one superfood is your nutritional essential. So it is by far the easiest, most del- delicious nutritional habit that you can add to your health routine today and empower yourself to take ownership of your health. Okay, one tasty scoop of athletic greens contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients, including a multivitamin, multi-mineral, probiotic, greens, super food blend and more all this working together to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet increase energy focus aid with digestion supports a healthy immune system all without needing to take multiple products okay so here's what's going on right now athletic green is doubling down on supporting your immune system during the spring months okay they're offering my audience a free one-year supply of vitamin d and five travel packets with your purchase of if you visit my link today you're basically never have to buy vitamin d again so whether you're looking for peak performance or better health covering your bases with athletic greens makes investing your in your energy immunity and gut health each day simple tasty and effective simply visit athleticgreens.com slash tinfoil and join health experts athletes and health conscious go-getters and whoop ass podcasting conspiracy theorists okay around the world to make a daily commitment to their health every day again simply visit athleticgreens.com slash tinfoil and get your free year of vitamin d and five free travel packets uh so let's get into like the 70s era epstein island what was that and have there always been like islands like this and are there more islands i mean right now in Canada, they have that one guy who is being... Oh, the other Epstein, the Canadian Epstein? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's being played on that. Do you think there was a global takedown? Do you think Trump did that? Did that actually happen, do you think? So I I looked into a lot of those uh, operations, those broken arrow, these kinds of operations that do seem to be at a certain level going on and and were coordinated between Interpol and uh, other countries. But the problem, of course, as you know, is that 
there's really just like one strata of society that that never touches. It'll get a lot of those, which is good. I mean, I think it's great that the at least, at least the mid-level people get sort of nabbed. But what, what's really blown me away is that, yeah, there's more than, than that. Like there's other, not even, not even necessarily islands. I mean, there could be other islands, but um, there's, there's the Picton pig farm in Canada, which has a crazy uh, blackmail compromise operation behind it. There's the Franklin cover up with, uh, the people involved in, in filming that kind of stuff, which is a compromise operation. It goes into Paul Bonacci and Johnny Gosh and those people that went missing. There's the North Fox Island case, which is another, uh, again, Epstein-style operation, which is up in Michigan. Um, so, yeah, I think that this is just like a model. And, and a lot of people that go to these things, they don't know like what they're getting into, right? They, they, like in the case of the Picton Pig Farm, people were getting invited to just big raves in the 90s. They're oh, yeah, dude, let's go to the fucking rave, man. And then they go to this rave and there's like people being seriously messed with, tortured and even killed. (laughs) That's the story, at least. And now they're all implicated because they're all on camera at these parties, at these events. And and you're automatically compromised. Right. And and they might not even know what they were going to. They saw that. Oh, yeah, we're going to a party. Right. And they're literally grinding up. uh, I'm not joking. they're, They're grinding up hookers and feeding them to people. In the case of the uh, Canadian pig farm situation, I mean, so this stuff is legit. Have real. you ever it's heard crazy. of this? No, I've never Just heard. Of, what it's happened? The pig farm. So the Picton pig farm is uh, one of the cases where these two brothers uh, who are connected to local gangs, uh, Hell's Angels up there, as well as high level Canadian government people and billionaires. Okay, and so they had this big farm that was registered under the government as a RCMP, like a government, like you could have entertainment venues at this, at this farm, right? It's a pig farm. Who would want to go to a rave at a damn pig farm? Yeah, I was like, do you imagine that flyer, right? (laughs) I mean, this is crazy, right? And they have a bar on the farm, which is a Hell's Angels bar. I'm not joking. Uh, And so they're having these giant parties and there's a film studio on this pig farm where they have these raves and the number, at least nowadays, is 40 to 50 women, they think, were uh, ground up and killed at the pig farm, the Picton Pig Farm in Canada. Again, connected to the highest levels of the government. And so when all this came out, the government gave, they allowed a $10 million mortgage for this farm. So then they were, they were being propped up by high-level people. Uh, it, it's it's insane. It's hard to believe. I, I couldn't even believe when I heard this. Like, what? How have I not heard of this? But it's the it's the most famous and, and highest numbers of uh, deaths in terms of Canadian serial killers is the Picton Pig Farm, the two brothers there. Um, but what, of course, is covered up is the fact that in many cases, of course, the establishment, a lot of the local police are actually uh, uh, helping out with these operations. They're actually attending the events. In fact, one of the RCMPs himself was part of this bondage ring, right, with, which they were getting into some really, um, like you said, stuff that actually harms people, right? We're not talking about just sexual proclivities. We're talking about, like, verging over into SNUFF type stuff. Yeah, and it's really, like, and I, like, what do you think it is? Do you think it's... It's the is it the chicken or the egg, man? Like, are these kids are the people traumatized as kids, and then they grow up to this, or is it like if you want to get to this next level, you have to straight up participate. You we have to position you 
so that you are a part of uh, this whole thing. Like, that's, you know, if you talk any false flag, you know, I do a show with Brian Callen, and it's always like, oh, oh, dude, how was everybody in on it? You know, it's like, <laughs> I don't think you get into that room unless you are in on it. They, they know everybody handpicked. And they got they they got stuff on everybody because this isn't an overnight uh, 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 event. This is like planned over months, years, decades, man. It's just, they're in no hurry, and that whatever their objective is, it may not be realized in their lifetime, but the next yeah. generations or the next generations. Yeah, I think in, in situations like that, you have uh, a lot of times um, lower level middle class people or. Uh, People even from the streets, right? They get brought into these things. In the case of Picton Pig Farm, there was a lot of um, uh, prostitutes that were brought into that operation and ended up dead. And then people that were coming to the parties were mid-level, famous-tier people, and it was run by these basically local thugs in concert with really high-level people. I'm talking like billionaire-level people. So that's usually kind of what's going on is that you've got a few like higher-up, really wealthy, really powerful people who kind of from the background can run these operations – and then you've got a lot of people that are used that don't know what's going on, right? They're just, they think they're just going to parties or going to, you know, clubs or going to an event for a biker gang or something like that. And there's, there's something much darker going on. And in some cases, some of the people actually appear to have been um, part of a generational problem. Like, like the, they were raised in a family that was into this. In fact, I was just looking up one of the wealthiest families in the, in the U.S. is the Duke family. If you read the interview with the children of the, the Duke family uh, in Rolling Stone, they say that they were raised in this kind of generational uh, cult. Uh, they say they were brainwashed. They were forced to eat scat. They were all this kind of stuff. So here you have one of the wealthiest families literally traumatizing their children with this kind of stuff. So it's very real. I don't mean to be too dark or, or uh, you know, too, uh, too nasty on, on your show, but... Uh, I mean, I'm just I'm blown away at the level of the stuff that is out there now, and and this whole thing with the the Michigan, the North Fox Island stuff. I mean, this is all like, you know, people have just recently put this together. That's like these serial killers. Not in every instance. Not saying everybody's in on it, but in many cases, they're not just like running crazy organically lone gunmen like Oswald. They're they're literally always connected to these really high level people. They have military service and training for this kind of stuff. And this is a repeat pattern that, that hardly anyone even talks about. I mean, in other words, the, the pattern of the serial killer, according to like the FBI and the mainstream narratives and the documentaries, is just completely wrong. Right? They tell you, oh, it's one guy who has an obsession with nasty hoes, yes. and he, he, he prowls around all night because he just wants to kill hoes because he's mad at his mom or some shit, right? Uh, that's, not, that's not true. <laughs> like that's, there's, in most cases of the serial killers, they don't have a pattern. They kill all kinds of different people. In some cases, they do prefer certain people. Uh, like in Dahmer's case, he preferred uh, you know male prostitutes. But there's other situations. Dahmer was actually being investigated by the German government for four or five murders that occurred while he was stationed in Germany, right? And that was squashed. I, there's an embassy cable that talks about that that investigation into Dahmer being being squashed because it was directly connected to a high level high level military official. And Dahmer just happened to be stationed about 30 minutes away from another serial killer who was stationed in Germany, Gary Heidnick, who came back to the U.S. and started his own cult. And was he was known to have been part of MKUltra. So 
that's a good suggestion, right? That, that it's very possible that Dahmer was actually part of MKUltra, could have been a, a government contract killer or government assassin. And so just to sum up, I mean, kind of what I'm getting at here is that in the case of a lot of these serial killers, rather than it being the story that the FBI gives or the mainstream narrative about serial killers, the real story is that they usually have accomplices. So it's not just one guy. It's not a lone gunman or a lone killer. Uh, in a lot of cases, it's a contract killing or it's connected to uh, organized crime. Um, in a lot of cases, there's there's a connection to some kind of cult or the occult or Satanism. A lot of cases, they film it, not just for proof, uh, if it's a contract killing to prove that they've done it, but also for the SNU double F type stuff. Uh, it's They're usually well connected in terms of either military training or they literally have like high level political connection. Did you know Dahmer when he was 14? Took, when his high school class went to D.C., he made a phone call, and they went and met with Walter Mondale, the vice president. Wow. Like, what? What 14-year-old makes a phone call, and they meet with the vice president? Did you this ever hear that? No. I have never heard that, but you know what? It makes complete sense. It just makes complete sense how connected these guys both on like a criminal level and on a pop culture level. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, like, I want to get back to this because, like, I, again, I'm reading that book, Chaos. Like, yeah, I was about to say, it sounds just yeah, like that. Okay, I just got that. About Charles Manson. Yeah, it sounds like the same I shit. mean, it's just Tom exactly what you're talking about, dude. Yeah. But it's like when you, when they talk about, uh, you know, um, Grace, Graceful, the, the one woman who does those awesome videos on uh, YouTube. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I know her. Graceful. Uh, yeah. I, I'm butchering her name and I feel bad, but she's wonderful. And she was talking about Matt Damon and Ben Affleck and how connected they are and right. how like before the movie, Goodwill Hunting, what is that the movie? Yeah, yeah it came yeah. out. They were having a private screening with Bill Clinton. Oh, what? Wow, really? Yeah. Like, Bill Clinton, there's a picture of them as young guys sitting down watching the movie with Bill Clinton. Wow. So, And that this whole story about them being from humble roots is a complete right. ruse to, like, because it's like it's like when LeBron James is, like, crying about racism because you got to make a connection with the people you're trying to sell this shit to because if they know that you're just, you've been a rich bitch since you were 14 or 15 years old because everyone knew you were going to be one of the greatest bad Basketball players have you just showed ability early, and there's a lot of guys that get shown that that don't pan out like like uh, LeBron, but they get taken care of. And but you got to connect with people because nobody wants to go. Oh, dude, that guy had it easy. He's my hero. Well, that's all of Laurel Canyon. Yeah, that's yeah. Laurel Canyon. Yeah. That is what it's like. How much of the chaos in our life is just done by? I mean, like, it's just weird. Like, I have about intelligence communities or the deep state. It's like, I know there's really good people in the intelligence services, but there are some dark arts people involved, right? Jay, what's your opinion on that? Oh, no, totally. Like, so uh, I was doing some research and I dug up this 2002 article from a Canadian journalist who is the only, like, mainstream journalist I've ever seen make this connection where he points out that, Hey, wait a minute. Maybe it's part of the profile of serial killers that they had military training. Maybe that's relevant. I mean, train what what entity trains killers? Oh, the military, right? Oh, it turns out New York Times, uh, London Telegraph is 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 responding to this 
interview given by Dr. Thomas Nehru back in, I think in the seventies is that, yeah, 1975. So there was this interview that this guy from the Navy, a Navy psychologist, a a psychological warfare guy was saying, yeah, we, we have a program where we profile uh, psychos in prisons and we bring them into this Navy program, but don't worry, we're not training them to kill. (laughs) It's an assassin program. This is a real thing, right? So these are all mainstream articles I found. And the point is that that it's always this case, right? I mean, did you know John, uh, John Wayne Gacy? You can find a picture of him chilling with uh, Rosalind Carter, Jimmy Carter's yes. wife. Yes. That is insane, right? I mean, who has ever said this, right? You would think this would be part of the profile. Maybe having high-level connections is is a relevant uh, you know, situation in, like, if you're an investigator, right? If I was investigating, maybe I would think that, Having high-level connections would be relevant. The other thing I was going to say, too, uh, in in my five points of what is the real profile of, quote, serial killers is that they also happen to have trauma or MPD, DID, right? So a lot of these guys, not all of them, but a lot of them, there's evidence that they have multiple personalities or dissociative identity disorder or perhaps even something demonic like a form of possession, right? Um, In many cases now, even mainline psychologists are admitting that, that there does appear to be um, a basis to think that this is just from psychology.com, right? That serial killers might actually have a problem with the demonic that they might actually be possessed. And that's because not, not just because many of them have talked about it, but in terms of the diagnoses of the MPD, DID, uh, you know, dissociative identity disorder, in other words, and, and that's not a made-up thing, right? You can read Dr. Colin Ross. Uh, he did a whole book on this called The Osiris Complex where he breaks down how a lot of people who've undergone this ritual abuse, like they have that kind of alternate persona. So that's a real thing as to how you know expansive it is. That's up, to, up for debate. But remember that the MKUltra mind control programs, they were studying uh, you know, Project Monarch, Project Bluebird. They were studying these alternate personas and how to create assassins, how to create hypnotic couriers. So if we know, oh no, studied on how to create them. I mean, it's just two and two, and and almost all of the serial killers, literally about twenty four of the top serial killers, had military training and or assassin training. I yeah, I mean, like you're training people to kill. I mean, well, let's take a look at Vietnam and the effects <laughs> Vietnam had on people. Agent Orange, what yeah. did Agent Orange? What did those chemicals have to do? Like. It's it's just kind of crazy, and, and oh, yeah. then you had that Doctor Jolly. What is his name? That was Jolly in West, right? Yeah, Jolly West, right? And you go down the who's who, who he worked with. It's just like Ted Kaczynski, uh, uh, Tim McVeigh. <laughs> oh no, no, not you, David Koresh, Ruby yeah. from uh, the assassination of yeah. of uh, Oswald and Charles Manson. Damn. Yeah. Like, he worked with all those kind of crazies. Now, listen, dude. So, I mean, you want to get into, to like, demon possession when it comes to these things, right? I mean, like, we've we've talked about this on the show, how we see these people who are on drugs looking like they're possessed. Because what does MK Ultra do? It breaks down your... your, your your basically your soul, your spirit, your psyche. Yeah. And once your psyche's down, you allow energy in. Could right. be demonic, could be suggestion. And that's what MK Ultra was. It's just like to break you down, break your psyche down so that you are suggestible and you they can implant thoughts or I, I dude, 
I totally believe they could be letting spirits in, dark arts in to these yeah. people. So they, they go on and they start shooting and killing and going on um, a murder spree. They tried it every way possible. Midnight Climax. Well, yeah, the, the CIA has had a history of actually studying how to use the occult for psychological warfare purposes. I mean, the military has had, uh, the army has had as its head of psyops, uh, one of the most famous Satanists in the U.S., Michael Aquino, started the Temple of Set. He left the Anton LaVey Church of Satan to start a real satanic group, right, that, that took it seriously, the, the Temple of Set. Well, he was writing the U.S. Army's uh, psychological warfare doctrine programs called Mind War to Psy War. It's a famous document. So the idea that he wouldn't be training killers, I mean, he says he wants to train killers. What are you talking about? I mean, he says it openly in his writing. So, um, I mean, I can give you a whole list, too, of uh, the, the direct connections to satanic cults and this kind of stuff yeah. with the serial killers. I mean, Son of Sam, uh, he puts OTO, Crowleyan symbolism, in the letters that he wrote to the police. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. Uh, Zodiac, he wears uh, the kind of cloak that you see like a, a, the when Crowley does the shh. Uh, you know, Harpocrates secret. Uh, the, it looks a lot like the, uh, the uh, Zodiac killer's cloak. Uh, Dahmer had an obsession with the exorcist three and he would rock back and forth in a trance watching the exorcist three, which is about a possessed serial killer, by the way. Um, and not only that, have you ever seen Dahmer's uh, altar of power that he was going to build? No, what is it? So he sketched out this altar that is all skulls. And it has like these orbs, these blue orbs that the altar of power, gonna, and, and it has a curtain, and and so it's I don't even know what to if you look up uh, uh, Dahmer's altar of power, you'll see people's sketches of it. It's it's wild. Um, another killer uh, claims to have had. I read his interviews. He claims to have had um, discussions with Bundy, um, and Bundy believed that he was actually taking on the power of those that he killed. Uh, and some of the women that were that were found in the Bundy case were actually drained of blood, but that's never been reported. It's never been talked about. There were actually files and police reports I dug up at the time in the in the local news about Bundy having a satanic connection, but nobody ever talks about that element in Ted Bundy. Um, everybody knows probably about Manson and the Process Church. I think you you were you were talking about the Tom O'Neill thing. Well, the Process Church had a connection to not just Manson but also uh, to the figure of. Uh, 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 son of Sam. So son of Sam claims to have been raised in a, in a generational cult that was intent on, you know, basically creating kids that would be killers. And he says that it wasn't just a cult. It was also like, we worked with mobsters. We worked with contract killings. Um, and that's, a, I mean, again, these, a lot of times these are the claims of the serial killers, which you can't take that at face value. But for example, in the case of Henry Lee Lucas, his claims in his book, hand of death actually were accurate. He claimed that if you go, to a certain uh, compound down in Brownsville, Texas, he says you would find the bodies of uh, people that have been killed. And turns out the Matamoros cult, which practiced human sacrifice, uh, Mark killed Mark Kilroy, for example, in, in a famous case. Um, that was all. That was all true. So, so in many cases, even the serial killers have been saying. John Wayne Gacy says this too. He says I was part of a network. I was part of a, a group of people that killed. And this has even come out now in mainstream news about Gacy. Gacy has said all along, yeah, I had accomplices. It wasn't just me. That's been downplayed, right, because it would implicate, obviously, not just other thugs, but accomplices can also mean higher-level people. Yeah. Right? It, can be, it can be people saying, I want this guy calling out the hit, basically. I mean, if you, wa- if you read chaos, t- dude, Charles Manson is getting out of jail all the time when yeah. he has no right to be out of jail. 
So and did Bundy. Bundy. Bundy escapes twice. <laughs> what? And they just <laughs> let him out. And then you just have people making calls, telling people to get out, leave him out. What is he? Do? Because the whole thing is a psyop, man. It's a free range psychological experiment. In hate Ashbury. I know I talked about it in the last episode, but it's like fitting in right here. It's like you have these people keeping law enforcement off. You know, the the uh, the biggest raid ever in LAPD at the time was t- at the ranch where, where Charles Manson was, and they were all released the next day. Yeah. They were all released out there the next day. You know who else I think is the same thing? Is Richard Ramirez. Who caught him? Yes, exactly. The neighborhood. Yeah. He has, has yeah, a pentagram. He goes on the pentagram. He literally shows his. The, it's it's the same thing. I think it's the same thing where he was somehow let go, or he let people. He just let. The, he wasn't caught on purpose. Yeah, he caught him. The lot, neighborhood caught him. A lot of these guys. Yeah, they seem to be allowed and tolerated for a, uh, for a long time. And uh, you're right. Ramirez was actually next on on the list. Um, David Parker Ray. He he was uh, uh he was he's known as the toy box killer. He had his oh. own little private nasty trailer that was like a torture dungeon basically um he was the head of a, a small satanic sect uh herb baumeister there's there's satanic occult connections to serial killer herb uh, baumeister um the ripper crew uh, four guys i think in chicago who ripper were a uh, satanic killing sect the dutro affair out of belgium which is like the epstein of belgium more or less um except even worse in the epstein case because they the they were involved in uh like ritual murder with the women that they were uh procuring the monster of florence uh, uh paciani another satanic uh serial killer armin Maiweis, the one who famously uh, advertised uh, that he wanted to eat somebody and he found a guy who wanted to be eaten <laughs> I'm not joking by the way um israel keys another famous uh, american serial killer um totally completely 100 percent that openly dedicated all the killings to satan uh, so it's again in north north fox island has a satanic connection um the ripper uh the the yorkshire ripper um is one of the bodies of the yorkshire ripper is found in savile's yard Literally, and he's best friends not just with Savile is best friends not just with one serial killer, Yorkshire Ripper, but also with Myra Hindley, another group of serial killers. <laughs> so, I mean, in the Savile case, he's literally best friends with multiple serial killers. I mean, that insane. guy, I just like, I mean, he's on the list of if I have a time machine, <laughs> I'm gonna go fuck up. He's so ugly, too. I mean, you have to be. A fucking scumbag if you're that ugly. Nobody's going to – we've willfully let you get weird with them. You know, you you look at a movie like, let's say, um, uh, uh, Frankenstein, right? I mean, like a lot of times the movies tell you what's going on behind the scenes, right? Like scientists create this thing and it gets out of control, right? And it's just going around – Killing people. I mean, how many times we see that in movies? I mean, the yeah. alien, right? This, the scientists want to keep the killers, and they want to bring it back for something, and it gets out and it kills everybody. I mean, we see these these stories being told constantly. We, I mean, the more and more you do this podcast, the more and more you like these stories are just like what's it, sigil, sigil, magic, where they kind of let you know what's going on behind closed doors, so that they they, they can kind of get like a karmically uh, release of the, the you know what they're doing to the world did you ever watch that do you remember the tv show millennium have you ever heard of that it had uh it's an x-files spinoff um it has lance henriksen as kind of the lead detective who was trying to solve these occult crimes it only lasted three seasons but um 
it, it was really wild in this regard of spoiler alert, but the season, <laughs> the, the show finale was actually that there is a program that the Illuminati have run to try to, on the one hand, advance human intelligence by increasing people's IQ. Oh, but oops, accidentally, in some cases, it actually creates serial killers. I'm not joking. That was how the show ended, was that the Illuminati had accidentally, so-called, created the serial killers who were going out and doing the ritual crimes, and they were all part of this network and this this um, education of, uh, of, of children, right, where they would bring people children into this program, the Millennium Club program, and raise them to try to increase their IQ. They would do, uh, you know, like MKUltra style uh, modification to their brains and this kind of stuff. And it, it literally was, was causing uh, schizo kind of breakdowns, MPD, DID, uh, you know, basically possessed guys to go out and murder and kill. So, um, I mean, right there, what you're talking about uh, is exactly what's in the plot of that, that, uh, that famous Fox TV show. And by the way, I went back and rewatched Sons of the Lambs. I mean, everybody knows about, you know, Hannibal Lecter, Clarice, Clarice, right? Uh, I actually have a, a new take on that where I actually think Clarice, because if you watch it, like she, they take her directly from the FBI training ground. She's out like running laps and shit. She's still doing her training. And they take her and immediately put her on the case of the worst killer. <laughs> it makes no sense, right? But then what happens? The the guy that runs the psych ward, he literally refers to Hannibal Lecter as their greatest asset. And he becomes Clarice's handler. He's handling her. And so now when I go back, I'm like, no, no, this is actually a story about the serial killer being the handler, not the FBI person. And he's handling her. That's the whole thing about the lambs. Like he knows her trauma and he's coaching her to try to make her into him. Now she doesn't actually do that. The story goes in a different direction, but if you go back and watch Silence of the Lambs, there's a lot of scenes that don't make sense unless it's actually about Clarice being brought into some kind of psycho type of program. You know what? Uh, that's like the Karate Kid, right? Like there, uh, there's that, and basically the Cobra Kai is based on the notion that the bad guy in the Karate Kid was the Karate Kid. Like he was actually, and it, a guy put together a a quick clip of it that basically spurned on the Cobra Kai, but it was explaining how the Karate Kid used an illegal kick, stole the guy's mm. girlfriend, did all this crazy shit. <laughs> That it like he's the bad guy, and he's actually just a piece of shit, right? Yeah, right. I mean, and now in the movie, I mean, the TV show, that's kind of who he plays, right? He's like kind of shitting he's on the dude, lead. Yeah. That's the blonde guy who got. He's like, thank God, finally my real story's told. <laughs> but you know, we see that all the time, man. I mean, every. I mean, you see the movies all the time. They they take children, they traumatize the fuck out of them to try to turn them into serial killers. I have a weird. Listen, man, I have instincts, man, and I know I'm a crazy person, but sometimes these instincts see like seem to play out. Like, you know, how many of these people that we put to death, we actually know they're dead? Like on death row. I mean, you're going to put to death a killer? Like a killer like a like how do we know they're really dead? How do we know they're not doing well, what Jay's talking about? It's like just relocating them and using them for stuff. Give do, them. They play. do have witnesses, but how do you know they actually die? Yeah, they could be just putting them into a like a sleep and then yeah. wheeling them out of there. Uh, sure. The guy's like, yeah, he's dead. Also, yeah. they do what they do with the popes. They just move around. 
Yeah. Do yeah. Do you do you remember that um, terrible Bond movie, the one with uh, with Halle Berry? I forget which one that is, but it's Pierce Brosnan. Die another day, Halle I think. Is that die another do you day? Remember how the, they so the bad guy that he goes to Cuba and he gets facial reconstruction, and then he like becomes a British agent, but he's like a North Korean or whatever. I mean, it's it's ridiculous plot, but I mean, there really is like there's a guy who has a whole book. Uh, his name's uh, Carlos Mendez, I think he does. It's, it's a book called. Uh, excuse me, Antonio Mendez, it's called A Master of Disguise, and he's like the CIA's guy for that kind of stuff, right? Like minor facial reconstruction. He has, he has a whole book on, like, you know, creating these kinds of personas and disguises, and that's why Hollywood has always been so close to the intelligence agencies, to the CIA, this kind of stuff, is because, like, it makes perfect sense, right? I mean, who, they, they, they do the same stuff, right? Spies, actors, right? Yeah, I mean, they both play live roles. I mean, within, like, just... Like pop culture, it's like how many of these people are what they called lifelong actors. Like, does anyone really believe Bill Gates is the center of all this stuff, or is there like a level below above him, which is the Rockefellers? I mean, the Rockefellers' names are all along the lines of like what Bill Gates has been doing with this event two hundred one and everything else. But Bill Gates is the bad guy. Nobody ever brings up the Rockefellers. Shut up. So you're saying there's lifetime serial killers? No, what I'm saying is within pop culture, there's oh, okay. people who play roles like, for a lifetime. Okay. I thought you meant that, like there were serial killers that do it for like, because you know they say there's 2,000 active serial killers. Out, yeah, out I mean, like, moment. dude, I'm sure there's a serial, ki- serial killer that died of old age. So, Jay, what do you think of, uh, you know, FBI claims to have spent quite a, a lot of resources in, in profiling. Do, is that is that just pseudoscience? Is that fake? What, what would you say? No, no, no. No, so what, what I think, um, there's a really good chapter in, um, if you read Dave McGowan's book, Program to Kill, which is kind of, so the first book that came out kind of questioning a lot of this, the, the normal serial killer narrative was uh, Maury Terry's book, Ultimate Evil, which, which is really good. And I mean, it was serious enough info that the process search actually took Maury Terry to court and Terry won. So he won his case that his, he didn't get sued. Um, because he was making a connection between the, uh, the, the Manson situation and, and uh, Son of Sam via this higher level cult of process or 4P or whatever. But there's a really good chapter. And so the next kind of follow-up type of book to Maury Terry's is, is Dave's book, Program to Kill, where he goes into just a lot of the stories that don't make sense with the serial killer killers. And one of the chapters is about the creation of the serial killer narrative. And so he talks about how, it was, I think in the late 70s, the FBI formed the serial killer profile unit. And his argument is that this was actually part of the psychological warfare, right? Because there were so many guys kind of coming back from uh, Vietnam at this time who had been trained in the Phoenix program to be literally like cannibals. Like the, the, I'm not joking, like that they actually trained and recruited cannibals try to get these guys to be cannibals to terrorize the Viet Cong. And so if you've got all these guys that have been sent to do this stuff, um, you know, during the Cold War, during the Vietnam War, and then they come back to the U.S., they're totally, everybody knows the myth, right, of like the crazy vet, right? Like the giant, like big old fat dude with a big, we used to have one that we used to walk around, the, the crazy vet that would walk around town with no shirt, big old giant gut hanging out, just sort of walking around. And if you talk to this guy, he'd be like, Oh, they got me in Vietnam. They fucked me up big time. And literally, he would say this, and everybody would laugh at the deal. Oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, they got you in Vietnam, dude, right? They did. They really got these people in Vietnam. 
And they put them into these programs to create uh, psycho killers. And so we're surprised that these people come back from these different, you know, deployments like at military psychiatric hospitals like Dahmer and Gary Heidnick, and they come back and they're killer, they're crazy cult killers. Well, I think that one of Dave's point is that it's not just a, a domestic, uh, it's not just a, uh, uh, an attack in terms of psychological warfare on the Viet Cong. It's also a targeting of the domestic population in the U.S. And so if you read, for example, again, remember I was telling you that Michael Aquino was the uh, U.S. Army's uh, psychological warfare guy. I mean, he wrote the new doctrine of what the U.S. Army's psych warfare was. And uh, in, in Aquino's writings, he says that we're not, we're not just fighting America's enemies. The domestic population is the enemy. Is that uh, crazy? So again, he would he would absolutely unleash the serial killer mythos upon right upon America. So what what I'm saying is that it's a complex narrative of there are killers, there are contract killers, but in many of the cases, these serial killers are not actually doing all of the killing that they're supposedly doing. Like Henry Lee Lucas claimed to have done 600 murders, and then he later admits that that was that was made up, right? So it's it's on the one hand, there are serial killers. There are trained assassins, there are uh, contract killings, and there are high-level political connections, and there are media lies and created myths and narratives. So it's all of those things together, and the FBI's serial killer profiler unit is also partly just a, a, a Hollywood creation. It's so interesting. So if you want to get into something very interesting, uh, the murder of Adam Walsh, super tragic, right? And this fits into the psychology of serial killers. So as soon as Adam Walsh goes missing, now people aren't go- leaving their house. They're not letting their kids leave their house that much. Now, look at this. Look, And that's done purposefully. Stranger danger. And when statistically it's shown, like, was it 90% of the children who go missing are from someone they know? But now you're not talking to your neighbor as much. You're not letting your kids go. Kids aren't getting exercise as much as they used to. It's all yeah. psychological. And like, I, I mean, like, I want to say, I mean, okay, I'm not going to say it because that's a dangerous conversation to have. But I mean, it's all psychological. And just think about this, man. When you talk about that, they're, they are um, targeting domestic people. If you have everyone believing that there's a killer and a murder around the corner, man, you can't get enough funding for law enforcement. Yeah. Yeah. The Charles Whitman case, uh, who is the guy who went up in the UT uh, clock tower and was sniping and picking people off again, by the way, a military trained, um, uh, sharpshooter assassin, um, Charles, when Charles Whitman snapped, the result of this event was to start cracking down on, Firearms, right? Um, there was a case also in uh, L.A. I think it's the um, Simonese Liberation, the, the kidnapping of Patty Hearst and all that. That led to the uh, creation of the L.A. SWAT team, right? So police didn't have SWAT teams before this, right? But you get these high-profile situations like this where, oh, now the police have, like, all of this funding allocated to them. They can take on a military persona. It's the militarization of the police force. And a, a big part of that is this kind of stuff. So you're absolutely right, Sam. And, and if anyone doubts that, uh, everybody can just read Michael Aquino's book, black magic. He wrote a whole book on how to apply the principles of sorcery and black magic to psychological warfare. Oh my God, dude. It's like, I just really wonder if none of this bullshit was going on. 
right? How much violence would there be? How much war would there be? I don't yeah. think a lot. And when we hear stories about warring <clears throat> tribes forever and this and that forever, how much of it is actually real? Or how much is it to just constantly program us that war is inevitable, that people go to war, fighting between groups is inevitable, right? I mean, like all these ancient wars forever. I mean, we've been doing the show long enough to hear that. How much of history is a lie? And that this notion that, you know, whether it's Palestinians versus Israelis and like all this history of this, they've erased history over and over again. Why wouldn't they erase that history, rewrite it so those people fight with each other? I just watched uh, 1984 and I'd forgotten. I mean, a long time ago I read the book, a long time ago I watched the movie. I was watching the movie. I forgot that Winston works in the department where you erase and change the news from history. So like his whole job in the ministry of truth is to go through the news articles and change the history. <laughs> so oh, it's he works exactly at YouTube? What What's that? He works at YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> well, dude, I'm telling you something, man. So after this 2016 election, it just seemed like stuff was in like, like they had a moment where they're like, okay, the internet got away from us, man. You know, and who are they censoring? They're censoring who? Stand-ups and, and YouTube creators. Why? Because they can create everything for no money. So that who's yeah. the focus. Let's take away the YouTube channels. And that's why I took Tim Fall Hat off of YouTube. It, it's not there. You can't find it. I, I moved it to my own website, and I moved it on Odyssey and Rockfin. Those places right now are, le- are, are for free speech. I'm letting it go. It's not on YouTube because they don't want it anymore. I have other brands that are good for that. But, man, after 2016, man, you start seeing articles disappear. You couldn't find the article. In one particular article, it was where the uh, police chief talked about what they found on Anthony Weiner's laptop. There was a straight-up article that named the chief who said it. Good luck finding that article today. Yeah. Where he said yeah. what he saw on that, on that laptop made him cry. By the way, that guy died about a month before he's supposed to retire as police chief. I mean, good luck. That's what they're doing. But now it's more obvious because now they're like, fuck it. We're all into it. We got, we got to crank it up. We can't do it slowly because we're, we're taking these too high-profile people down. Now we're just going to blatantly do it they ding me on twitter i'm fucking done so listen man you got some stuff about uh the, the mob and its connections to intelligence you want to get into that do we have time sure that's up to you um i did one one last point that's pretty fascinating i listen to anything uh, you want to talk I didn't realize about. was this so check this out so btk mind torture kill one of the last famous serial killers dahmer berkowitz Richard Williams, John Lee Muhammad, Gary Ridgway, Ray Norris, Charles Whitman, Leonard Lake, Arthur Shawcross, Charles Ng, Anthony Soule, Dean Coral, Dennis Nilsson, Gary Heidnick, Robert Lee Yates, Richard Allen Davis, Timothy McVeigh, Randy Kraft. All serial killers all have uh, uh, military training. You would think that would be relevant to a profile. 100%. <laughs> now, look up famous military brats, bro. Like children of military people who are famous and the list goes on forever and ever and ever and ever. And it's not just the, the Laurel Canyon studio. That practice is practice forever, man. It is, it is long. And that is because 
those, I mean, if you grow, grow up in a military family, you are trained from the start to fucking play by the rules and how important the military is, it's, you're easily, easily manipulated, in my humble opinion, dude. And it's just like... It's, yeah, I mean, uh, 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 Jim Morrison, his dad, right, is uh, Admiral Morrison, who's running the false flag of the Gulf of Tonkin, famously. Um, Jim Morrison, if you look at him right before he enters the, the, the so-called music scene, before he becomes The Doors, he's just a totally clean-cut, normal-looking dude. <laughs> and then suddenly, like, he's this, uh, you know, edgy, you know, sort of counterculture figure. And that was all just created by the establishment uh, and the media, as well as many of these, other, the mamas and the papas, the, right, the, the Crosby, Stills, and Nash, these people all come from high-level um, OSS, uh, Naval Intelligence, Military uh, uh, Intelligence, CIA uh, families. Um, and I can, I, can, I can list on Keep on, going, on. dude. Um, Let's stay on this. I'm going to have you back for the do the, uh, the, okay. the, the that, that uh, mafia stuff because I love this shit. This is yeah. – we haven't had a good one like this. On this so check while. this out. So Bruce Dern, everybody knows who Bruce Dern is, like, you know, Hollywood Laurel Canyon scene fixture. His uh, um, his godparents were FDR and Eleanor Roosevelt. OK, so uh, his grandfather was George um, Dern, who was the secretary of war. <laughs> so not only that, uh, George was excuse me, uh, his uncle was Archibald McLeish who was Skull and Bones. So literally the Derns aren't just Hollywood royalty. They're literally like Skull and Bones, you know, like high level OSS CIA level uh, royalty, right? Um, if you look at Barrymore, the, the weird thing about the Barrymore family, and I'm speaking here of John Barrymore, is that Barrymore was in the circles of Dennis Hopper, uh, and they were running around doing some really dark arts type of shit that you talked about. Uh, Dennis Hopper was with Dean Stockwell, supposedly, and David Carradine's dad in the Agape Lodge of the OTO. So you've got, again, another Crowleyan connection there. Um, that might explain a lot of things, right? Um, if you look at Nancy Sinatra, right? Frank was not just buddies with JFK and all the top mobsters, right? Frank was actually FBI informant. So you've got, again, another counterintelligence connection. Um, Jimmy Stewart, right? So Jimmy Stewart has access to the Laurel Canyon studios. He's out there filming all these propaganda videos. You can look up these videos on YouTube of, of him in the Laurel Canyon studios filming the FBI propaganda videos. He was also FBI informant, right? So uh, at the time of the Laurel Canyon scene, right, this is the most cutting edge movie studio in the 50s and 60s in all of L.A. Hollywood because it's the Air Force's movie studios. It's, they film the Trinity blast, right? So the nuke blast, the Trinity, that's all filmed by the Laurel Canyon stuff, right? By the Air Force. And the, the only people that have access to the Laurel Canyon studios are the top 250 directors, producers, and A-list actors and actresses, including Howard Hawks, Jimmy Stewart, Walt Disney, Marilyn Monroe, who has a DOD badge, by the way, because she worked for the Department of Defense and was probably a sex kitten, mind-controlled beta sex kitten operative. That's probably what led to her uh, demise, by the way. Um, Frank Zappa. Zappa is another case of his dad worked at the Edgewood Arsenal, uh, which was part of the MKUltra program. His dad was a biowarfare agent, chemical engineer. His dad literally created biowarfare agents, including STP, which is the 
like really super dangerous uh, hallucinogen that um, Owsley Stanley, who is the actual CIA point man. I mean, he's above like Leary. Leary was connected to the CIA and was ha- handing out LSD, but the real godfather of this is a guy named St- uh, Owsley Stanley who worked with the Grateful Dead in passing out 4 million tabs of LSD. Yeah, man. Yeah. And dude, think about this. Listen to everybody he just listed, man. And just think about what they represented, which was counter culture. Okay. Don't trust the system. Now take a look what's going on right now in Hollywood. This, this leftist social justice warrior stuff, Hating the patriarchy, hating the system in which their fathers, straight grandfathers, straight up created and profited off of. How many of these people that are bitching about law enforcement? I mean, Sarah Silverman's family, very high up in the Israeli military. Nick Kroll's father is fucking part of the Black Cube. I I believe it's called Black Cube Intelligence. I mean, like, dude, it's insane, man. Paredes are old money, bro. You all look up money. Look up Paredes. Old money, man. And these are the people who are just like white people. You know, it's just like I'm so tired of racism and sexism and all this stuff. And it's just like it is exactly the same as the counterculture, man. And what did what did Malcolm X and, and the Unabomber both say? The most dangerous animal on the planet is a white liberal because they are putting on the persona of ra- yeah. of rallying against the machine when they're fully 100% a part of that machine. And they make us all fight with each other while they're cashing checks. Yeah. Behind behind like fucking you know like fucking uh, gated communities, man. Unbelievable, dude. Yeah, it's a giant scam. It's basically just a bunch of con artists, right? Like, so here's some crazy shit. Uh, Mark David Chapman. So a couple weeks before he did what he did to John Lennon, he met with Kenneth Anger, the Luciferian, Crowleyan, avant-garde filmmaker, right? Who made all those weird Lucifer Rising with uh, Mick Jagger and all that stuff. And by the way, also has uh, people from the Manson, like Bobby Beausoleil is in, uh, or is it, it's either Tex Watson or Bobby Beausoleil that's in some of the Anger films. So uh, Mark David Chapman meets with Kenneth Anger two weeks before the shooting at the Dakota building. And he gives bullets, like unfired bullets as a gift to Kenneth Anger. That's pretty crazy. And, the uh, the suspicion is that there's again this connection to this higher level uh, uh, cult occult type of thing that seems to connect a lot of the serial killers um, and a lot of the 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 mob hits and contract killings and even the killing of people like Mark David Chapman. That's excuse uh, me of John Lennon, Donald John Lennon. Excuse me. Oh well, they also said that the uh, doorman at, at Lennon's building was uh, a plant too, a CIA plant. Yeah. And that and what you see in these high level <laughs> events when they're done correctly, they they have every they, everybody is like basically it's like a, a John Wick movie, right? When John it's a, Wick it's, a, it's all planned out exactly. Every everything, everybody in that in that plaza where John Wick is walking through is an assassin. 
Like, that's the JFK assassination. Everybody's there. So when John Lennon gets taken down, the door guy is, is, is CIA. When Malcolm Max gets murdered, the famous picture of the guy giving him mouth-to-mouth, he is an undercover cop. So undercover that they don't take an oath. That they're part of an elite squad done to infiltrate counterculture uh, uh, groups. So one of you Did two you guys know, are shady uh, as yeah. fuck. That's fuck. what I'm saying. What a two. Uh, Johnny didn't make that eye laugh, contact. It's on Johnny. I'm, I'm making eye contact. Johnny, you've been called my handler before. Just know that. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think you'd let yourself be handled. Uh, I got to say that. Yeah. You, you'd buck this system. You know who likes to get handled? To the Watson. To Sean Watson. Huh? That guy <laughs> likes to get handled a lot. Like, find one chick to give yeah. you a hand job. Stick with her, dude. Don't get 30 chicks to give you hand jobs they're all gonna sue you anyway you talk. would think that money would make you immune to those kinds of problems right. no dude money makes you a bigger target yeah. you see these girls cry like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. dude they're taking that guy out anyways johnny back what you're gonna say i don't i don't i wasn't say you just uh told me i was your handler and oh the, you are my <laughs> do you think the uh mass shooters are the new serial killers oh dude you think it's all cia dude. they couldn't they one stepped it up a little 100. bit percent especially when they find him immediately yeah like immediately the guy's like <laughs> well also <laughs> like, the, whole right? <laughs> the whole story is already like crafted especially in. too when they when they kill them you know immediately oh yeah with that with, I mean, it's pretty clear like the killer had a manifesto yeah, there's always yeah. this manifesto that's like a copy and paste from every other killer's manifesto how about how about that when you remember there was that small time during the 2016 election it was like two weeks where there was all these cop shootings, and it was the exact same demographic. Black ex-military that blew himself up. It, it's almost like it was like a backup plan, you know, and they just both happened to, to succeed. You yeah, know? Like, just all. Oh, redundancy. Because isn't just that works. what's more of a military uh, way of doing things than that than having redundant plans? You know? as, the human bri- as the human vibration says, everything is a template. Let me ask you something, Jay, as we ended up here, end up here uh, at the end of it here. Um, is it is like how much of, the, of everything we see on television, in your opinion, is contrived? That's a great question. I mean, I think it's all the above in the sense that sometimes the media will report um, an event that is maybe innocuous; it doesn't really matter. Sometimes they'll take an event as it happened and kind of spin it a little bit. Sometimes they'll take an event if it's a really important high profile event and it will be completely uh, literally like a psyop um, and staged. Uh, and then sometimes the, the events don't even they're not even real at all. They're just completely uh, uh, fabricated news stories. And there's a long history of this in, in psychological warfare. I mean, it, if you think about military tactics, it's a lot easier to understand because. Military warfare tactics, right? It's all about deception. So and that includes fake news. That includes, you know, bombardment of the of the enemy target population, um, trying to destroy their morale. All that kind of stuff is, is pretty commonplace in warfare. And if we just move that over into the understanding of the mass media as, like, mass psychological warfare, it makes a lot of sense. That's why, you know what, man? I got kicked off Twitter, and I don't oh, think yeah, I'm yeah. going back. And I just gotta be honest with you, like so much angst is gone. You've you've been on that kick where if I'm not wanted, I'm not gonna be there. Yeah, and it's just like it's still there, so I think they're gonna give it back to me. And I I'm thinking about getting my friend Robin just to run my social media for just promotion. 
just here's my podcast, here's my gigs here, and not not getting into that anymore because yeah. it's it's like have you ever gone to like what's trending on Twitter? It's every psychological operation they're running hey, totally. right now. Yes, one hundred percent. You know, like Johnny, do you have something to say? I, I just wonder if can you resist uh, can you resist posting? It's hard, dude, because yeah. I love teeing off on people. Yeah. Yeah. It gets me. But I know it. You're gonna see something really stupid, and you're <laughs> you know somebody saying that they they think vaccine passports are you know not fascist possibly, and then you're uh, yeah you're just gonna, uh, you're gonna have to go in. And yeah. it's not nothing you tweet. It's always your replies to someone's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. yeah like exactly. go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't say that. That should be a golden rule. Maybe not to maybe tell maybe one c word like a week. No, that? you can't say c word at all. Really? You cannot say the c word on Twitter. Because oh. that is seen as meanie, right? Well, it's gendered language, Sam. You know yeah, I mean, in. but there's nothing a woman can call a man that gets her automatically kicked oh, you off. you got to be black. Yeah. You can say the N-word, but you have to be a black guy. Yeah, it's just, Other it's, than that, it's, it it's work. just so ridiculous, dude. <laughs> I, saw, I saw this fight between black gays. I'm not talking about on, 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 on uh, Broken Sam. Black gays versus black trans, and dude, just N-bombs flowing, dude. <laughs> I mean, so many M-bombs, a clan rally would get uncomfortable with the amount of M-bombs that these people are calling each other. But it's like, hey, man, that's that's the world we live in. All right, guys, uh, this has been Jay. Can you please tell our uh, listeners where they can find you and uh, what you want to promote, man? You crushed it. This has been a great episode. Absolutely, man. I was, yeah, it's always great talking to you. You guys are a lot of fun. Um, it's one of the coolest podcasts out there. Uh, I love coming on here. Um, so, yeah, if you want to find my materials, you can go to jaysanalysis.com, and that's all my lectures and articles and essays and kind of the back catalog. You can subscribe there. Also, now on Rockfin, definitely want to promote that Rockfin. Um, I'm loving it over there. So you can find me there under Jay Dyer. And then, of course, on uh, social media, it's Jay Dyer as well. So be sure and follow me there. If you want my book, if you like what we talked about today, I get into that kind of stuff here. Jay's Analysis has a shop, and you get signed copies of my book there. Well, the best in the business, dude. There's a reason why you're on InfoWars, because you're fucking great. When you remember all these names in these books, I'm like, yep, I can't do that, dude. Uh, Jay, thank you for coming on. We love having you on. You you have an open door whenever you want. Come on. You are awesome. welcome. Thank you, man. I love, love you, Xavier. I love you, Johnny. Thank you guys so much. I love you, Swarm. I hope to see you in Austin this weekend. Thank you so much. We go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. <laughs> Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hack. Tim foil hack.